Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have with us a very special guest. We have Miss Lana Wolf, who is the author of Like a Moth to a Flame, Fatal Attraction. And uh, I also learned that she has a new book coming out in June. So I'm very excited to get to hear all about her books and just really what makes Lana tick. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So excited to have you. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about you, who you are, and tell us about this book because I am so intrigued by the title. The, the Moth to a Flame, that is my real life story where someone who was hearing voices decided that I must be eliminated. And he tried to kill me six hours one night, like seven or eight different ways. Oh my goodness. And the last thing he was doing was stomping on the back of my neck, trying to break it. And I was like, God won't let you kill me tonight. And he stopped. And kind of since then, my spiritual journey has blossomed. And I figure God must have saved me for a reason. And yeah, absolutely. Now I'm helping other women to reach their intentional destiny. I love that you're living your purpose. I'm so sorry that you had to endure that situation. I know for sure I was in a toxic marriage and I understand how extremely painful and difficult that is. And so why did this person target you? I mean, was there a a reason or... In my generous being, I was trying to help him and did not understand the extent of his mental illness. And he was on drugs. And again, I was oblivious for a long time to how that affected him. And like I said, the one night, the last night, it was a trip on drugs and the hearing voices, the combination of the drugs and the mental illness. And he ultimately, I think it was trying to be suicide by cop, expecting the cops to show up and they never showed up because they were never called. Oh, wow. Wow. That sounds like a harrowing experience. And this is the pivotal point in your life that led you to the spiritual awakening. So can you kind of just talk us through what was going through your mind as you were, you're talking about he's standing on your neck, trying to break your neck and that- He was stomping like multiple times. Yeah. And, you know, again, this was after six hours of drowning, poisoning, stabbing, slicing my throat, all this other abuse. And I just finally said, you know, God's not going to let you kill me tonight. It's like, whatever you've tried is obviously not working. And that got into his inner being and he stopped. Later that day, he actually confessed to murdering me because he thought he, what he did should have killed me. And... So then my journey, you know, picking up the pieces, um, overcoming my PTSD, and my journey was trying to um, um, find out the whys, you know, things started happening and all the, um, the miracles that started happening around me. So I, you know, the manifesting, I manifested a house on the beach, I've manifested a lot of things since then. And so the, the journey since then has just been like a roller coaster, but it's been all uphill. And I, I, I loved it, even though, again, it was such a tragic beginning. Um, 
there's so much positive that's happened since then. Yeah, you must have such a determined spirit to have survived everything that you've gone through and then not just survived it, but here you are now and an example of someone who most people might say, oh my gosh, why did you make me go through this? Why did I have to go through this ordeal? But instead you sort of used it as a catalyst to really improve your life, to deepen your spirituality and to take that and to help others. That's incredible. I mean, that's such an amazing thing. The first year I spent a lot of time in nature. I hiked 14 14ers, which are the mountains in Colorado over 14,000 foot in elevation. And, you know, setting goals is one of the things that I think helped me overcome that PTSD. But once I did that, it was like, you know, if I can do that, I can do anything. And it just kind of branched from there. Yeah, I think when you go through an experience like that, you realize if I can make it through this, what other things have I been stopping myself from doing because I was afraid, but look how strong I am. And I feel like a lot of people question, why do things have to happen to me? Why was my life so difficult? And yet it teaches us how strong we truly can be. Right. And it's, you know, a lot of people, it's not the traumatic experience, but it's the little things like really, even in my case, it was the, uh, concept of what would the neighbors think that my mom used to always say that prevented me from telling my story and getting out and and doing a lot of things that it's like at the end of the day who cares I mean enjoy life and you know my new mantra is basically fill your bucket before you kick the bucket and I've done things since then like rafting through the Grand Canyon and I'm hiking along the beach and all the other things that just to enjoy life I love that mantra that's absolutely fabulous um, I think that that is such a, a, an inspirational phrase that people should live by. I think most people, and I know I've, I've talked about this many times on this podcast, most people have spent their whole lives living it for other people and not really truly being happy and living the way they want to. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey post that incident and how it kind of deepened your spirituality and so how have you been manifesting? You've manifested a house by the beach. I'm so jealous. Like that's, that's my next thing too. So I had just um, sold one of my houses, well, the house. And I was like, okay, I want another house either on the beach or near the beach or in the mountains. And part of it is being aware. Like the manifesting is being aware of opportunities when they come forth. And this email that had an auction coming up there was a house and I looked up the address once well, about 10 minutes from the coast and so sight unseen I bid on the house and I imagined myself walking my dog on the beach as I put the bid in and I won the bid and I got here finally it was like about a month after I bought the house and it's on Elk Mountain so I have deer in my backyard I'm surrounded by trees it's beautiful and it's like the mountains and the beach all in one that's incredible. Now, see, that is not a coincidence. No. You put that out there to the universe that you either wanted to be on the beach or by in the mountains, and the universe said, why not both? Why not both? And, you know, that's only one of many, many stories I could probably give you of things. Um, like, I needed a, a job for a contract. I, I'm kind of semi-retired, and it's like, oh, I, I didn't even apply. The contractor called me the next day and said, when can you start? 
and this is like three or four times. It's like anytime I think it just kind of the door is open. Yeah. I don't know about you, but for me personally, whenever I'm manifesting, what I think a lot of people don't really realize is you have to feel that feeling in your body of where you want to manifest because when you feel that resistance and you're out of alignment, people are like, oh, I'm trying so hard. I really want to manifest. It's like, you got to let go. That That is it. It's like, I'm really working on manifesting. I'm visualizing. And it's like, the more you think about it and obsess about it, the more you put yourself into that vibration of lack that you don't have it. Yeah. And like the house, it's like, I wasn't really currently looking. It's like, someday I'll go see what's out there. And again, I allowed and was observant of what came to me and took the opportunity. I don't know about you, but I can feel like the higher vibration in my body when I'm in alignment with the thing that I'm hoping to manifest. Like I, I just let go. And instead of saying, oh, I really want this. I really want this. I just go, I'm just so grateful for everything I have. And that I know is already on its way. And I just focus on the gratitude and the feeling of like, wow, I can't believe I get to do this. And when I do that, it immediately shifts everything. Very true. I mean, being here in this house, especially, I just feel the, oh, this is perfect. And you said the whole body feeling and like excited for what's coming next. And I was like, I don't even have any solid intentions, but I know it's like, this is just really good, really good environment, really good spirit. So everything, like you said, just feel your body and allow it to flow. I love that. Yes. And I know there are a lot of people out there who, because I have listeners contact me all the time and say, I don't understand why I'm not manifesting or I'm trying this or I'm trying that. And I usually say, you know, start with something small. Like people immediately go, I want a million dollars. It's like, why are you starting with that? Try like, try to manifest something small just because I think sometimes people need that proof that practicing. I would imagine pennies and every day for at least 40 days in a row, I would find a penny on my walk, sometimes a dime or a quarter or a nickel. I was out in the middle of Wyoming and stopped because my dog had to go to the bathroom off the side of the road and I found a penny, totally unexpected places. Um, so it's, it's amazing what you can do when you allow the flow and Again, start, like you mentioned, start with the little things, finding a penny and working your way up. But there's also the philosophy of, you know, God, the universe isn't going to give you the money like big amounts because you're not ready for it. So you have to put in some work and be in the alignment to actually receive that amount of money. And that's why it's like you start with small things and build up and it will just build and blossom. Yeah, I love that. Starting with a penny is such a great way to start with the manifesting because, you know, we find pennies anywhere. So people already have the mindset that I could manifest a penny. It can happen. And I feel like a lot of people when they want to manifest, they start so big that they don't really believe that they're capable of manifesting what it is they're hoping to manifest. So when you start small like that, it's kind of like the way, like you said, of giving proof that, 
oh, hey, here, I can do it. And then you build up to something that's even better. And I've had clients that I've worked with say, that's what they did. Like I started with a quarter and then I worked my way up to $10. And then, you know, so they just did it little by little. And they said that that's what really gave them the most success because I think it's like anything, it gives you the confidence. Definitely gives you the confidence. Like I said, I didn't get this house overnight. It was, you know, a couple of years of practicing the manifesting and allowing and being in that right energy. And it, again, it's the, the mindset and the energy that is allowing and accepting. Yeah, that is just so true. And one of the things I've kind of found too is daydreaming helps. If you allow your thoughts instead of being concrete, but just in that state where you're just thinking about your future home that's in the mountains or by the ocean, you know, just kind of enjoying the process of thinking about how your life could be. I think that helps with manifesting a lot too, because it's like you're letting go. It's all really to me about allowing and letting go and allowing the universe to bring you what's meant for you. And when we try to get in there and control it, like you said, that's when you end up focusing on the lack or letting fear come in and saying, well, you can't manifest that. But if you kind of allow yourself to let go and just enjoy the process of dreaming about all of the things that you could have, it's fun, number one, it puts you in a good mood to think about all the things that you're gonna have. And I think that helps with the manifesting process. One of my other phrases is let go and let God. And I also like trust divine timing because it will come if you don't obsess and worry about it because that's putting you back in that lower vibration. Yeah, the moment you start worrying about it, things start to go awry in your life. I've noticed that a lot with my own personal journey. And I know that I'm out of alignment when things do that, when things go that way. And it's never about the universe. It's about me and having to get my thoughts on the right track again and to quit focusing on the lack, as you said, or really it's fear. It all comes down to fear. Fear. Yeah. And even relationships, if I'm not worried about it or stressed about, well, what's he going to do or you know, who, whatever, it's like, Things just flow so much easier and more naturally. And life is just more enjoyable when you don't worry about it. You just let, let the flow, let God flow through you. Yeah, there's so many things, you know, they have a saying that says when you are least expecting it, when you're not looking for it, that's when you find love. Well, there's a reason for that because <laughs> you're exactly. not obsessing over it. And then um, also they say too that, there's the self-fulfilling prophecy that if you're constantly worried that your partner's cheating on you or going to do this or do that, it comes to pass. And a reason I believe that's true is because you focused on that. And so that's what you manifested was for that to happen. That's exactly what you manifest. And I have proof of the, the bad things I've manifested too. It's like, I remember distinctly one day thinking this and this and this, and lo and behold, because it was like something I really didn't want. And that's what I attracted. And so sometimes it's, it's very careful what you think about now, because you don't want to manifest what you don't want. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, one of the things I think is so difficult for people is minding your mind because mm -hmm. it's so easy to go to that negative place and the negative thought space and people do it because your brain just naturally tends to want to focus on the negative things. And so it's really a hard practice for you to not hard, but it's, you have to stay active with it, actively paying attention. And it's the circle of friends you're with too, because there's a lot of people that just like to gossip and, and negative, negative, negative. And so my whole friends circle kind of has shifted to where they're all more positive and believe in manifesting. And it's fun to be around them instead of, oh, let's get to the, go to the bar and get drunk and complain about work and complain about, you know, whatever of the day, even the weather. And it's like, enjoy it, whether it's rain or too hot. It's like, it is what it is and enjoy it in the moment. Cause that's, that's what life is about is joy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, another thing I've had people talk about, you know, oh, I hate my job and, you know, things like that. And to that, I say too, appreciate what it's done for you because when you continuously show the gratitude to the universe, you know, we all have moments where we're not a hundred thousand times happy with everything that's going on. But I think if you can find joy in where you are right now, that attracts so much more into your life. One of the people I followed was like, it's funding my dreams. It, it's not a permanent way of life, but it's funding my dreams and where I want to be. As long as you are focused in manifesting where you want to be and not stuck in the, in the job. Yeah, I love that. I, I was listening to someone the other day too, and I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about um, if your financial situation isn't what you want it to be right now, instead of saying, oh, I never have money instead, of, or I can't afford that, or instead of that saying, well, I don't have it yet, but I know I will. And I know one day this is going to happen. And so rephrasing that because when you focus on that, I don't have it, well, you're just attracting more lack in it. Instead, finding a new way to say, well, what I have right now keeps me comfortable and I know so much more is coming in that's gonna enable me to do all of these amazing things. That's it too, you, you kind of hit on with the gratitude of thanking the universe for what I do have. I had food on my table for lunch or I have a place I can stay, even if it's couch, couch surfing for a day or two, you have, something better than the guy sleeping out in the streets and being thankful of where you are because that puts you in that higher vibration of where you want to be. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're a mom out there, I know there's a lot of moms who are homeschooling and they've got all the kids there and they're very stressed out. I would, you know, really focus on, I'm so blessed that I have my children home and safe with me. And I know they're going to go back to school one day and it is going to get better, but I'm, I'm very grateful that they're here with me. You know, we tend to get overwhelmed and burned out sometimes. And that's really just a, I think a signal that we need more self-care mm -hmm. and, and gratitude is really a great way because it boosts your mood. At least it does for me, because then I, I instead of starting to think about all of the things that I'm annoyed with, you know, I think about all of the things that I have that I'm thankful for. Well, as, as part of my bucket list, I coach people on how to have a for me list. Even if it's a daily, you know, buy, or weekly, buy yourself a flower at the grocery store or 
take an extra five minutes in the, the bath or, you know, whatever it is, make a for me list. Because when you're in that place of joy and happiness, everybody around you is also going to benefit. Yeah, I think that people feed off of your energy and we don't realize that. I know so many times when I was a single mom and my kids were younger, I was so tired and overwhelmed all the time. And this was before I really had my spiritual awakening. So I didn't know about any of these things. I didn't know about self-care and any of the things that I talk about now. And I feel like my kids fed off of me being tired and exhausted because they're just feeding it right. If I'm annoyed they're going to have the kind of the same attitude back to me. And so I think if you feed off of each other, if you can, and it's almost like what you talked about in your relationships, if you can let go and be a little bit more at ease, that flows better. I think too, the relationship with your children flows better when they feel like you're not so uptight and overwhelmed all the time. I think one of the things that worked for me when my kids were younger was having them help. Even if it's just a little bit, rather than, you know, go watch TV or go sit here, you know, get them involved because kids love to be wanted and helped. And if you can incorporate, even if I, I used to have my kids key punch things into my QuickBooks account, <laughs> it's like, you know, it was him practicing the keyboard and me getting things done. And, you know, it made him feel really good. The other things, doing the dishes, cleaning the table, all the little things. Don't think of them as chores. Think of them as blessings and ways to be with your kids and be involved with your kids. Yeah, I love that. And somebody, this must have been the same person. It was a podcast I was listening to the other day, and she was talking about when she was growing up, her parents, they would give them an allowance, and it was only like $3, $3 a week for doing their chores. And they had three jars. And one jar was savings, saving, giving, and receiving. And it, the parents were really teaching them about having everything in balance, which I thought was so great. She said, you know, you put a dollar in the savings, a dollar for giving, and a dollar for receiving. And the receiving jar was for their money for them to buy whatever they wanted for themselves. And then, you know, of course they gave to whatever charity they wanted to give to, and then they had a savings. So it really taught them about balance. And I thought that is such an incredible idea. I wish I had known about that when my kids were little because it would be kind of a fun thing to do with them because then they could take the giving jar and find their own places to give. And it's teaching them responsibility, but also about saving money and also about spending on themselves too. It's like everything in balance, which is perfect. I know another example with my son was, again, I had him helping with laundry dishes, cooking, everything. And he said the first year he was at college, he spent like teaching the other students how to cook and clean and do laundry because they never had to. That wasn't part of their upbringing. Their mom did everything. And it's, it's like, there's so many opportunities. And again, it was, it just built the bond between me and my son of cooking and doing things in the kitchen together. And I think that um, you're right. It's also lifts their energy and there's nothing they can't do as long as you support them in what they want to do. I think it builds their self-esteem and self-confidence yeah. too, which is yeah. so needed. And that relationship that you build with them is just something that cannot be 
you can't put a price on that. There's so many things that I wish I had done better with my own children. And now I just think, okay, you know, we're going to start from here and try to make it better. So to parents out there, I highly encourage you to do what Lana said and to get your kids involved because that really is a great thing. Especially with the COVID and the kids being at home, it's like, don't think of it as a imposition, but as a blessing that you get to spend more time with your kids. You're not in traffic, driving them back and forth to school and you get to enjoy growing up because in reality, when you, they're 21 and out of the house, you say, God, I wish I spent more time with my kids. Yeah, absolutely. Even 18, they go off to college. It's like, well, <laughs> I missed that time now. Yeah, it's so true. And, and when they're that age, you think like, oh my gosh, I just need some alone time because everybody gets overwhelmed. But I promise you that one day you're going to look back and, and wish that you had had that time back. So trying to be more present in their daily lives and even in your life in general. And that means doing things for yourself too and taking self-care. Like Lana said too, five minutes, take an extra bath at night or, you know, wake up and do a meditation in the morning that helps mm -hmm. or go work out or get something in. I love going for walks because I think it's so grounding to do that and balances your energy. So that's something that um, I used to do sometimes when my kids were little, I just say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and then I'll be back. And cause you know, they were outside playing and I would come back and I would feel so much better. And that was a way for me to de-stress. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love taking a walk. Uh, well, especially on the beach. That's yeah. that was my goal <laughs> or in the mountains. And it's so healing energetically. And again, that's one of the things I, um, credit for helping me overcome my PTSD and my trauma was spending time in nature and out hiking and walking. I love that. And I love that you're helping other people now too. And you said you have a book that's going to launch in June. So what's your second book about? The second book is, it's uh, What Would the Neighbors Think? And it's overcoming PTSD and living your life with intentional destiny. And June is National PTSD Month. And that's really my focus right now is helping women get to a state of being able to manifest and live with intentional destiny instead of being in the trauma and the, the victim mode of you know abusive relationships. I love that. I love that you're helping women do that. And you know, trauma, it really does change the brain and the way we think and we, we have to retrain it, which can be done. So how, how do you work with women specifically? Let's say someone wants to work with you to help get past the trauma they've experienced and to start learning how to manifest. How do you work with people? It's right now I'm doing some individual coaching and I'll have some group coaching, but it's NLP and working with, um, you know, regression memories and getting their, their mindset clear. So again, they're not in the trauma and anxiety and victim state. And then once they reach that level, because when they're in trauma, you can't think of manifesting. You're just thinking of safety and security. Right. And then working on the little things, like you said, the, the pennies and being open to living with intentional destiny. I love that. I think that is so great that there's a place where women can go because boy, PTSD, that is just so tough to deal with. And, um, had personal experience with that with my own children and I know that it is 
so difficult sometimes to try to get out of that mindset of it's like fight or flight all the time. It's so sad that I'm finding so many women, they don't want to call it PTSD or, and it's, it is trauma. And there's even the doctors, I went to the doctor and I'd already been diagnosed and I just needed prescription refill. She's like, oh, you need a traumatic event to be able to get these prescriptions. And I'm like, I did. And why are you even questioning this? And just because you're a woman and don't have the scars or this or that, it was, um, that in itself can be traumatic. And I find, like I said, there's so many women that they don't understand what the trauma and the PTSD, how it is affecting their, their life because they did, oh, we've always put up with it and they're people pleasers and then they expect that and they, they don't know how to get to the next level. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I also agree that I think a lot of physicians and counselors actually traumatize people more because they you have to tell your story again of like why you needed the medication in the first place. And it just brings up those old memories. And it's kind of like if you had an open wound on your body and it scabbed over and then they ripped the scab off, it's like wounding you all over again. And I think... Um, I've just found that a lot. I've just found that with what happened with my own children, that that was the case. Like it was just more traumatic every time we tried to get them help. So I love that NLP and um, hypnotherapy and, and methods like that for working with people with trauma. I think it's so helpful, so beneficial. So that's awesome that you're doing that. So if people want to buy your book or if they want to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, my book is on Amazon and you can get either the Kindle or the uh, paperback copy. And my website is lanawolf.com. And I just started a Facebook group for my book that's coming out and it's Intentional Destiny. Or I have a, a business page and you can find me there on Facebook. It's Lana Wolf, author, speaker, life coach. And you get on that page and I'll be putting out posts when my book comes out. Awesome. And I'm going to put all of the links to all of her social media sites, her website, and where you can buy the book on Amazon and the show notes. So you can just go right there and click on it. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. This was such an amazing conversation. Thank you. <laughs> so I always like to ask our guests if they could leave our audience with a piece of advice, any little nugget of wisdom, what would that be? You know, I mentioned it earlier and it's taking time for yourself and making that for me list because it's like the airline stewardess say put your gas mask on first take care of yourself first and everything else will fall in line yes i love it that's an awesome piece of advice definitely do that well thank you so much again for being here with us today thanks for having me enjoy yeah. the conversation me too. And I want to thank you guys for being here with us. And I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed the conversation as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. You can leave me some stars on iTunes. And the best compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might need it. You can follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll see all the services I offer. I now have a new monthly membership called Awaken Your Magic. 
and each month when you enroll, you'll get a masterclass on topics that range from self-love to blasting through limiting beliefs surrounding money and love. And I also will do a group card reading for those who are members. And I also like to add little tools there that you can use like meditations and tappings every month. So go and check that out. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.